Join culture creator Ramel Wallace, museum CEO Micah Parson, philanthropist Erwin Jacobs, and urban agriculturist Diane Moss on season two of Stop and Talk, a podcast about the future of the San Diego region. How can we create a vibrant region that celebrates our cultural richness and economic strength? Find out and hear other San Diego experts on Stop and Talk. Discover seasons one and two now at stopandtalkpodcast.com. That's stopandtalkpodcast.com. Barrio Logan is coffee, art, music, love, passion. It's a, a small place, but it's very nice. I like it. Okay, Barrio Logan is a great community, a great artistic community. Oh, sí, mucho, mucho cambia, mucho, 100%. Um, Barrio Logan is changing every day. Barrio Logan is community. Barrio Logan is empowering. Barrio Logan is beautiful. So, say the whole sentence? Okay, so Barrio Logan is inspiration. Barrio Logan is empowerment. Barrio Logan is culture. Barrio Logan is por vida. <laughs> Barrio Logan is home. Barrio Logan is in trouble. Kinsey Moreland here, and this is the first episode of CultureCast, Voices San Diego's new podcast covering arts and culture in San Diego. Barrio Logan is a neighborhood just east of downtown San Diego, tucked under the Coronado Bridge. It used to be a nice little residential neighborhood with the San Diego Bay as its front porch. But then the Navy came in and built a base cutting off access to the bay. A freeway and a bridge were built right through the heart of the community, blocking out the sun and sky with a thick roof of cement. And then the city rezoned the neighborhood, allowing industrial businesses and the maritime industry to move in and set up shop right next to houses and along the rest of the bay. Things got dark for the mostly Latino neighborhood. And one of the only bright lights for a time was Jacano Park, the public park under the bridge that was created after a 12-day community protest that kept the land from becoming a parking lot for the California Highway Patrol. The park's now home to the world's biggest collection of outdoor murals. They're Jacano-themed murals that are painted right on the cement of the bridge that cut their community in half. It's pretty rad. But the damage to the neighborhood had already been done, and it went through decades of deterioration. It was scary. Yeah, we. I mean, the, you know, the, the gang members were still out front of the of the building. You know, I mean, I think just like a week before we moved in, um, you know, there was a, a rape. Um, there, you know, it was. You know, it's, it, there was a lot going on. There was a lot going on, and at the time, I questioned my decision on actually moving. You know, I was just like, what did we do? That's Milo Lorenzana. He just opened a new business in Barrio Logan. Things were ugly when he first moved to the neighborhood a few years ago. But major change is underway. Well, it's coming, coming like new old, new town. It's coming here and it could be nice. Mm-hmm. See, very nice. It's hard, in fact, to talk about Barry Logan these days without the G word, gentrification. 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 
Everyone agrees that change is coming, but what they don't agree on exactly is what that change should look like or who should be the ones influencing it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not you know, harping on the, these amazing grassroots individuals, people from this community who have, have created this. What I'm harping on are the land pirates that have swooped into this neighborhood, buying up properties left and right, raising rents, pushing out people and making it very difficult for uh, current residents. And so as a resident, I'm very concerned. That's Barrio Logan activist Brent Beltran, and he's talking about the tension between the locally driven DIY arts and culture renaissance that's happening in the neighborhood and the first wave of small outside developers invading Barrio Logan right now. People are worried. Folks like Josephine Telemantes, who grew up in Barrio Logan, are worried that the change will do what big neighborhood change always does, leave the longtime residents behind. Because that's what we're dealing with right now. All the development that's going on, all of, uh, you know, let's tear up this, let's tear up that. There's no conscious awareness of the historical significance. Outside interest, though, has been the driving force for many people inside the neighborhood who've decided to start their own businesses and redevelopment projects. But there's a line between old and new, and the line... Well, it isn't always so clear. It's when it's weird because you never, we never think of Logan in that way or Barrio in that way where it's like, oh, this is a hip spot. This is a place. I mean, we feel it. We know it because we live it. But it's not why we're here all the time. It's, it's because we really love the neighborhood. That's Teresa Montero, or Bucky as she's known. She's sitting in the basement of a commercial building she now runs in Barrio Logan with her friend Milo. Bucky and Milo are both young and relatively new to the neighborhood. But they're Latino, and they've been in Barrio Logan long enough to really care about what happens to it. They've been active in the art scene for a few years here, but even that isn't enough. Some of the longtime Barrio Logan residents, or elders as Bucky calls them, still see them as outsiders. The two recently got a lease on a building on Logan Avenue. An investor who saw some of what Milo had done with art shows in the neighborhood in the past was impressed. He thought it was cool, so he bought a building in Bar Logan and turned it over to Milo and Bucky so they could make it cool too. Bucky and Milo are fully on board with the project, but they want to make sure they do everything they can to get the community on board with them. They don't want to be seen as part of what's viewed by many as the gentrification problem. The whole process that often starts when artists move into a neglected neighborhood, they make it cool and attractive, and then boom, developers start buying up buildings, and out goes artists, and there goes the neighborhood for good. Bucky and Milo are actually just as suspicious as the elders are of outside developers coming in and messing with Barrio Logan. It's it's a big deal right now, you know what I mean? It's a big deal. Gentrification, it's here. Um, you know, these guys are coming and buying up not one building at a time. They're buying three buildings at a time, you know, and they're remodeling them fast. They're, they're you know, they're raising the rents. And I mean, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do. But of course, now Bucky and Milo are technically developers themselves. And the fact that they could be seen as intrusive and unwelcome, well, that kind of freaks them out. Our community see us, you know, like, not that we worry about that, but, you know, it's something that crosses my mind because we're constantly being watched over, you know, like, what is it? Being Chicanos isn't necessarily enough, right? Like, you can't just because you look a certain way doesn't mean. So there's old school neighborhood people who are watching. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, they, 
us. Yeah, they all yeah. come in here. Like the elders, the re the old residents, you know, the investors, the developers. Everyone has come through our door, and we've met every single one. And that's what they do, you know. Like there's we're you know we we just have to kind of like stick to our beliefs and our morals too. So it helps to to communicate these things with them. But yeah, I mean, they come in and they'll ask us like, "What are you guys doing? What's this? What's that?" And so. Well, in a way, you guys can be seen as outsiders too, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. All the time. If we're yeah. from, did you grow up here, you know, or whatever? And I'm like, no, but, you know, I, I've, you know, we've tried to change, you know, make an impact here. You know what I mean? I mean, oh, I've got, yeah. I've gotten questioned from, from the Chicano Park Steering Committee to all the way down and up and you know what I mean? But it's, you know, they, and it's understandable. It's, you know, yeah. it's a territorial yeah. thing, you um, know? It's, yeah, because residents will come in, you know, members and they're like, what is this? You know, what are you guys doing? And, you know, they're, they have been living here for 20, 40 years and they're wondering what a couple of kids like us are doing with this, like, Mexican-inspired store, you know, serving specialty coffee. You know, they're like, what is this? Yeah. You know? and Because of that, because because of all the questions and the watching, Bucky and Milo have gone out of their way to make the building they've dubbed La Vecindad as barrio-friendly as they can. Uh, we were trying to think of something, you know, that we were... Something that was relevant. And um, so our, our take was, uh, you know, we're a small community, and that's the meaning of vecindad. A vecindad in Mexico City is like a small neighborhood, a small little barrio. So that's kind of like what, you know, this kind of feels like, because it's really small and it's hidden, and you don't know what's back there until you're back there. So that's kind of like the vibe that, that it carries. And what's the address? It's 21. 46 Logan Avenue. The project used to be a big old house with lots of sort of hidden corridors that twisted around and led to different rooms. Bucky and Milo have turned it into a collection of small retail businesses. And Bucky's right, it's hard to tell what's going on in the building if you just stand outside in front of it. You actually have to walk through a narrow walkway to the right of the building that opens up to the full 16 rooms and back. Over the past several months, Bucky and Milo have transformed the space into a new coffee shop, and they've leased out the rest of the space to a vinyl record store, art school, and other small locally owned businesses. Bucky took me on a quick tour of the space. Through our walkway, we'll go to the back, and in the back we have a deck. Uh, we have several other tenants, like we have a barber shop, we have a graphic design upstairs, and then we have San Diego Vintage Company, and it is a vintage store owned by Carlos Baez from B-Side Players. And his store is incredible. I mean, he carries, um, you know, a lot of 60s, 70s, 50s, uh, vintage um, menswear and womenswear, as well as bags, records, toys, shoes, um, just so many, so many amazing things. Did you want to walk inside or talk to Carlos? Hi. This is Kinsey. Hi, hello, Hi. Kinsey. Bucky and Milo run Por Vida, the specialty coffee shop and gift boutique at the front of the building. And they've done their best to infuse the local culture into the space. I've heard good things about the uh, horchata cold brew. Oh, yeah, that's my favorite one because that's iced coffee and horchata and just can't get, yeah, it doesn't get better than that. <laughs> their end goal is to turn the building into a new hub for the community. That might sound a little lofty or even arrogant, but this isn't their first community hub building rodeo. Bucky and Milo started working together at a place called The Spot a few years ago. 
It was a mechanics garage turned into an art gallery on Main Street. And it was one of a handful of pioneering cultural spaces in Barrio Logan a few years back. I remember going to a show there years ago. They had a bunch of local graffiti artists turn old, empty spray paint cans into little sculptures. And at that moment, I remember being like, dang, Barrio Logan is the next big art thing. Both Milo and Bucky eventually moved over to Logan Avenue in Barrio Logan to help a few other folks open La Bodega, an old bank they transformed into an art gallery and art studios. La Bodega Gallery opened at the tail end of 2013, and even though it was only a couple years old, things were really different back then. You know, so it was very visible, like, you know, the people on the block and and, and how um, abandoned it felt yeah. overall. It just yeah. kind of felt like there was nothing going on. No one ever came up this street. And it was weird because Chicano Park is just a block away, and, you know, people would just instantly at that block just go right back. They wouldn't even venture, mm-hmm. you know, all the way through. We never. We never even ventured over here. Yeah. No, for being at there the spot. No After La Bodega opened, a brewery, a taco shop, and other art spaces started popping up all around it on that one block in Logan Avenue. It was pretty incredible, the whole transformation happening so quickly on that one street in Barrio Logan. I wrote a story about the Renaissance on Logan Avenue in the summer of 2015, and when I asked people who were behind the change to meet me so a photographer could get a photo to run with the story, dozens of people ended up showing up. In one year, there was, you know, an additional four new businesses on the block. So that was pretty remarkable because it was like, man, we were here like four months ago by ourselves, like in the dark, like looking around. <laughs> Like, is anyone like, what are we going to, you know, is anyone going to come over? (laughs) Like, what should we do? And then within a year, you know, all those businesses started up at the same time. And it was something that was pretty organic because no one really knew what projects everyone was working on. It was just kind of like everyone was just doing their thing. And then at the same time, we're like, well, we all moved to Logan. You know, and and then that's how it all like kind of started there. Milo and Bucky ended up splitting ways with La Bodega before it officially opened. Bucky started managing an old apartment complex on Logan Avenue and Milo managed Salud, a taco shop on Logan. When the opportunity to open their own project came up, they were like, uh, yeah, but the building was in pretty rough shape. And this whole like building was just the storefronts were just closed down for like two years already. And so we came in, you know, tile floors, everything was white, everything was fluorescent, the windows didn't open. It was just like, what are we going to do? You know, what are we going to do with this space? And then we began kind of breaking ground and, you know, put new floors, new lighting. And then the opportunity came to continue to renovate or, or yeah, renovate the rest of the building. And then, you know, that was just like that just opened up another can of worms but luckily it's been kind of crazy the growth because now the cafe and the building you know are kind of like at the same pace as far as development wise everyone's moved in already the cafe's doing well we're going on four months um and yeah, that's kind of where we're at right now. All the past projects Bucky and Milo have been a part of, The Spot, La Bodega, and others, those essentially had zero financial backing. They made it all happen through elbow grease and grit. Their new project is the first time they've actually had a real budget and someone with money who believed in them. Here's Sasha Favalukas, the investor friend of Milo's who bought the building. He went to a few art shows Milo was involved with and Barry Logan and thought it was cool. And it got him thinking about how he wanted to be a part of the arts renaissance happening here. The idea was it's actually an experiment. Um, I didn't know if it was going to work, um, but I found this piece of real estate. I thought it was really cool. Uh, the bones were really cool. 
And, uh, you know, I, at the same time I met Milo and Milo has a lot of experience in that field, I guess. Uh, he used to have the spot, um, uh, you know, on the other side of Barrio Logan. Um, and I've, I've heard about him before uh, from, a, from a few different people. And, uh, you know, before I bought the property, we agreed that he would put it together. Uh, him and Bucky um, would put it together and uh, just give them free reign, of, you know, whatever they want to do there. Right. And using people like Bucky and Milo who, you know, live and work in the community. Um, mm-hmm. Is that that was strategic on your part? Because, you know, there's... that was strategic because when I was when I was buying the property, um, the, there were, uh, Milo was not a tenant there. And I told the owner, cause Milo was trying to uh, rent out a space from the previous owner. And I told them that the previous owner didn't want to rent a space to Milo because he was selling the building. He didn't want to, you know, make any actions to kill the deal. I told them the only way I'm going to buy this uh, building is if you have Milo as a tenant before I buy it. Wow. Wow. So that's a lot of faith and trust you've got in Milo. Yeah. 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 I, I believe in him. But how much do Bucky and Milo believe in him? After their leases up, Sasha could easily come in and use the momentum the two got going. He could capitalize on the community approval and acceptance that they've worked so hard to gain and turn the project into the type of high-priced outsidery project they hate. But Bucky and Milo say they aren't really worried about that. They say Sasha could have easily hired professionals to rehab the building he bought so he could get top dollar when he turned around to rent it out. But instead, he gave the keys to Milo and Bucky. They have total creative control over the space, and they're the ones recruiting businesses and subletting the rest of the units in the building. So yeah, like I said earlier, they're the developers now. And they're even trying to get their friends and neighbors to get in on the developer action, too. We do need more Chicano businesses in here just to keep that, that you know, to keep the, the culture alive. Because that's what we're known for. This is a Chicano neighborhood. You know what I mean? And, and that's why all these people come here. That's why they come here, because they're intrigued by the culture. Believe it or not, you know, and sometimes it's hard for us as, as Mexicans or, you know, Chicanos or whatever you want to call it. But like I tell this all the time, I tell people all the time, it's like people are really intrigued by our culture they they get shipped by the busloads of Chicano Park every day you know and 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 but now like we see that now we need to learn how to get them to come down here and spend some money in these businesses and not just let them get back up on the bus and go home and tell the story we need to let them know that this is here you know and we need to have more businesses on the block that are like us you know what I mean um but you know The pair tries to recruit people in the neighborhood, especially people who are most vocal and critical about the development going on. They try to get them to move into other vacant buildings in Barrio Logan to claim the space and sort of do what they're doing. But it's been hard to get people to do more than just complain about the change. A lot of people move their mouth a lot and talk a lot, but they don't they don't they don't really physically make the the moves to change it. You know what I mean? And I think that that's the difference between us and them. You know what I mean? Like we we we're stepping up. We we're investing the money that we, you know, made from, you know, whatever to put right back in here. You know what I mean? And it's not easy. And when you have people bad mouthing 
things that are going on right now. It's 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 bad for business. It's bad for the community. And you know, and, and when people in the in the same community don't see eye to eye, and they're starting to to like bump heads on things, it's just not a good thing. You know what I mean? You don't get nothing out of it. You know, so. Bucky and Milo put huge murals up on the inside and outside of their building. They did it as partly an homage to Chicano Park and its murals, but they also did it to show allegiance to the Barrio Logan community and try to make people more comfortable with the kind of change they're creating. And then this one, we wanted to do something kind of to pay tribute to the to the neighborhood. So it says, Por el amor del barrio, so for the love of the barrio. And it's just a black and white piece that Dice and Hassler also made uh, with um, the skyline of downtown, you know, a chola, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Some script writing, you know, roses, SD, you know, we're kind of, you know, we're really influenced by the street art. So we want to always kind of put that somewhere. Just down the street from Bucky and Milo's building is another new redevelopment project. This one is by a company called LWP Group, headed up by a guy named Greg Strangman. Greg redeveloped an apartment complex on the end of Logan Avenue, turning what most everyone in the neighborhood considered a rundown, scary building into a good-looking, hip complex geared toward artists and other young creative folks. But Greg Strangman, he's an outsider, the kind that Barrio Logan activists like Brent Beltran call land pirates. Sure, I mean, we've, we've had a, a history of slumlords um, controlling property in this community. And uh, there's been a history of, of, of bad landlords. And it's good when we have positive landlords. But the difference between a slumlord and a land pirate is the slumlord, at least you have affordable rent. You know, the, the conditions may be deplorable, but at least there's you, you have some place to live. With these land pirates, the, they push out people that used to live in these apartment complexes fix them up which is great hey we all want to have beautiful things in our community but then they raise the prices so much that it makes it unaffordable for those who once lived there to afford to live in this community and so that's the issues that i have brent sits on the barrio logan planning group and keeps tabs on all the neighborhood's new development he's not a fan of greg like bucky and milo greg has a mural on the outside of his building too He actually installed an old scoreboard and on the facade next to it painted quote by Wilmore Good, which is a made up name. Get it? Wilmore Good. Anyway, it reads, yeah, we keep score, not by how much money you effing make, but how much you enrich your community. It actually spells out the letters F then asterisk I-N, by the way, instead of spelling out the full F word. Anyway, Brent says people in Barrio Logan can't stand the effing thing. And then to, to put a scoreboard on the side of the building and then that, that asinine quote about it's not how much fucking money you make, it's what you do for your community or some shit like that. That's what really kind of set me off is here's somebody from the outside saying he's doing something good for the community and then throwing it up on the side of his building. To me, that's just pure assholery on his part. It'd be easier if Greg fit nicely into the role of the asshole, evil, land pirate developer. But it turns out to be a lot more complicated than that. Greg actually digs Barrio Logan, so much so that he moved his development headquarters there. You know, our front of our building says Que un Grandia, which means make it a great day in Spanish. And we're trying to, we don't want to come in here and change Barrio. We want to come in and integrate. And like I said, we... We as a company had many choices as to where we could go open our, our offices. And we chose Barrio because, because of the history here, because of the people here. 
Greg says he's invested in the future of Barrio Logan because of the rich culture that was born of its past. Next time on San Diego Culture Cast, hear more about Greg and some of the tensions he's run into in Barrio Logan. Subscribe to the podcast right this moment, guys. And please consider becoming a Voice of San Diego member and supporting us if you enjoy what we do. Thank you.